0: Well, so guys welcome back to the physique factory podcast and today we have a guest and that's him him so do you want to start by just telling us a little bit about yourself what you do and your experience with bodybuilding
1: thank you man thanks for having me on um so what was the question? <laughs> Introduce myself, right? <laughs> who are you? <laughs> uh, so who am I? Um, uh, so my full name, Himson Liu, and I guess uh, competitive powerlifter before and now competitive bodybuilder. So I spent probably about five years, six years maybe competing in powerlifting and then now um, transitioned into bodybuilding i guess the last kind of five years and also um was a personal trainer but now changed to online coach like everybody else has
2: <laughs> and the next move is transitioning into a woman right
1: yeah that, and or fitness business coaching that's right? it, the
0: business meant things are next yeah that's like, it He's got to that's get it. about five dms
2: off today yeah that's
1: it
2: <laughs> but um, what were your numbers him when you were powerlifting
1: um so i used to compete uh, and this was as a junior so I think my best was under 75 kilos. I did a 255 squat, a 155 bench, and 282 deadlift. Shit, this is all that, kilo.
2: They're big numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah good. that was
1: that was a while back. I think you know that was the last time I competed was 2015. for powerlifting. Um, I haven't done one since. So I don't know. Could could call me retired. But I am, never I thought, I thought I was a strong dead lifter, but fuck me, no! I've been put right in my place. Yeah, I think my best. I did. I did do a strongman competition. It was like last man standing. Um, I, I kind of just did that. Um, like like a random show. I just kind of turned up. It was at the gym that I was working at, and I remember I was doing clients like upstairs, and then I finished doing that, and I just joined in. <laughs> I pulled three twenty. That was my best deadlift
2: Fuck yeah. me, that's good. That's strong.
1: Yeah, that was my that's best. Awesome. I remember when we we
0: trained last year at Third Space after RTS, yeah. and we got in a hack squat. I think you did like six plates on the cybex with no band. I was like, "Fucking hell!" I did.
1: I, I, did, I did seven. I did seven. That's the first time seven. I, did, <laughs> I, know, I did. I only did. I did like four reps, and then I absolutely got squashed.
0: Yeah, well, yeah that's uh, that's strong, but
1: you on interviews? that Well,
0: I have no idea. Two. No idea. Probably about like
2: four or five with a band. Yeah. honestly i I think i was struggling with three I, I can't remember but i did use it like and it was fuck, it wasn't seven points a side anyway it's fucking heavy the hack squat
1: that's that's what i'm good at though i'm a good to squat like if you put me in the leg press i ain't happily man <laughs> i can't leg press everyone says it's the other way around like they're like oh you know oh you can leg press and yeah but can you squat this i can squat that but i can't i can't leg press for most shit.
0: people it's like that isn't it but i think you were uh, you fold up really well don't you
1: yeah that's it, right? But I don't know. Leg press is just never really not really good at it. I do a little bit now, actually. The the Matrix one, actually, funny enough. Um really
2: training actually,
1: up. I was just training at a it's called Kiss Gym. Uh, shout out Kiss Gym. <laughs> <laughs> but basically it's like uh it's like a gym group or a pure gym, that kind of thing. Um, all matrix equipment. Funny enough, they have a Texas deadlift bar in there for whatever reason. And um yeah, people die mistake yeah people don't know what it is i see people <laughs> rack pulling with it i saw some guy like just slamming it some people squatting with it crazy i can imagine squatting with like a bendy bar but yeah Whatever that's the kind sport, of gym <laughs> um, so how you find
2: it, training with that equipment obviously you've been through like the whole rts thing and that and there uh, you become a little bit
1: of a equipment snob when you get into that stuff don't you absolutely yeah i think you know one of the reasons um why i kind of joined there was you know a lot of the clients i have most of them are probably training at gyms like that so i feel like you know to really to really understand the equipment like you kind of do need to use it as well like we can you know bitch and moan about the equipment as much as we like but if we're not using it it's hard to to really give our opinion and to give people the right things and adjustments for those machines as well right so it definitely has humbled me and has taught me a lot about which equipment potentially are good what can we adjust um and yeah it's just helped my learning overall and there's a big part of it is you know I want to be in a position where you can I can say look I stepped on stage you know I've done done my whole off season in like a, a gym group and you can you can train anywhere as long as you yeah. understand like exercise mechanics and you know how to train ultimately. It's not really about the equipment. Absolutely. I
0: think, that's I, mean, why I, think, I think like you can go into being a snob about equipment, but then when you're training when you haven't really got anything, when you're in a your pure gym or a gym group, and then making the most out of it and applying all the stuff like we learned from RTS to it, like adapting like cams on machines and the setups and stuff, that's where it really comes out the most.
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, I was talking to Daryl today about it and I think – a a lot of us, you know, who do RTS, we we do get a little bit lost and, you know, almost fixated on all the stuff that we learn about resistance profiles and whatnot. And we we do try to, you know, make this set the perfect set within that that one set. And a lot of times it doesn't necessarily have to be like that. Um, but you know, we we drift away and you know we feel like oh I have to make this set perfect. And it's just understanding the exercise, understanding that actually, yeah, if even if I don't work or train the shortened position, you know, today or tomorrow or even this whole month, that's okay. As long as at some point, you know, I do train that shortened position. And it could be, you know, this whole cycle, I'm not actually training that position. And then maybe next cycle, you know, I do it and that, that's perfectly fine as well. Um, yeah, it's
0: creating that full range challenge, isn't it?
1: Yeah. It doesn't have to, that full range challenge doesn't have to be, you know, every single mesocycle either. You know, this is so open to everything. And I think, yeah, just training at um, this KISS gym has really opened my mind to, you know, just training in different environments and, and thinking outside the box as such. That's really cool.
2: Huh? Mm-hmm. Kind of just echoing what you guys already said, but like, you know, having the ability to turn that like shit bit of equipment into something that is slightly better, or even just making sure it's not injuring your clients, that's what makes you know, a good coach, that's what this is all for really, isn't it? It's not so much so everything can be picture perfect, it's like having the ability to adjust I am. Um, I always think back to like the lockdown, because I'd never got into this uh, like RTS stuff pre-lockdown but I've seen videos of you, him, and some of the stuff that you had set up during the lockdown and I was like, fuck, I wish I knew about this during the lockdown it would have made my life
1: so much easier Yeah, lockdown, yeah I, I, you know, I, I think about lockdown as well a lot because at the same time, you know we'll have all these excuses as to why we can't train or, you know, this is difficult or whatever. But at the same time, it's like, we made, loads of people made progress during lockdown. You know, I I certainly did myself. I spent probably, I did a year off season for my last contest prep. And I, I think I spent about six months in it, in lockdown. And I definitely made, you know, some good progress in there. And sometimes now, you know, we're back into the environment of, you know, we can go to different gym equipments, you know, different gyms we can get like back to that mindset, but then you've got to think back what, what happened during lockdown. Like we made the most of the stuff that we have in front of us. Um, so that's something that, you know, we have to still keep in mind now. Um, it's difficult right, with all these fancy equipment going on getting, to not get distracted by it.
0: That's it. Was it like a leg extension you were doing in your garden? I think I saw the video that Integra posted.
1: Oh yeah. That that was um, actually something that I saw James do actually. Um, so he, he did like this, um, it was like, a, you know, we did it at RTS actually, we were fixing up the cable with the leg extension yeah, yeah. Uh, and doing it in in a face down lying position. Um, and I didn't have enough load with the band. So I actually attached the daisy chain over my shoulder and did like a manual resistance kind of thing, which um, that worked pretty well. Uh, I said pump as well. Yeah, little bicep pumps. So <laughs> anything to get more arms, right? That's the only thing that matters. Yeah. yeah, I mean
2: the goal of that exercise actually was to be a bicep exercise, wasn't it? it wasn't anything to do with the quads. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, I mean that, that that that's the thing. Like if I could go back now, like I, back at that point, I remember doing a wall set, and I was like, this is an ab exercise. That's what I'm working here. That's what was yeah. going on in my head back then. So like, yeah, a few things have changed since then. Obviously, I've I've learned about friction and how that shit works but um th- did i not see a video of you as well did you have like a like hack squat against like a fridge or something is that you
1: yeah that's that that was a don man that i tell you what i i look back on my instagram the other day and it's up there and i was just thinking those are some of the most brutal sets i've ever done for legs it, like i remember like the like the leg leg day would come and every time during, i've never not wanted to do legs so much in my life um because the program was the every week it was <laughs> <laughs> it was the front foot split squat and that fridge hack squat thing and you know I had two bands around my neck at some point the bands were like there was so much friction and tension they would like pull against my skin so I put like you know the the squat pad <laughs> there um and I had these like massive like 55 kilo dumbbells um, and they're just like hanging all over the place leaning against the fridge um, it wasn't yeah it wasn't very comfortable but you know you make do right <laughs> I hope um,
2: I hope Prime aren't listening to this I hope you've patented the um fridge hack squatter or they'll be making their own
1: version of that soon we had to we had to throw away the fridge it was a broken fridge anyway but by the end of lockdown you could see like because it was I had these metal dumbbells and um they were like scraping against the, the fridge door why the fridge though? <laughs> It was the only thing that was there available to like, and it, it cause it, the fridge had this like, um, I don't know, it was like chrome. It was like super smooth. So, like, I didn't need to put a foam roll on my back to slide up and down. So, it was ah, like, cool, yeah. kind of like the friction there. So, it was nice. <laughs> so, it felt like it was a really smooth Smith machine, basically. <laughs> so, um,
2: what brand of fridge do you recommend for that, Him?
1: It was actually, I think it was Hot Point, I believe. <laughs> Child hot point if they wanna start um and whatnot. Don't, don't dare use a bakel. <laughs> <laughs> Put that down
2: there with Matrix. tricks. But um yeah, I mean we've all come a long way since then, but it, it just shows you how much we actually love this shit training that people went through stuff like that to actually train. It's fucking mental, really, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I think that 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 was really useful lockdown, like to I think everyone needed it to just take that step back. Um, and I maybe we need it again. <laughs> but <laughs> we all just went to a point where there was a lot of posts about, um, you know, resistance profiles doing this, you know, this machine, that machine. And, you know, lockdown came and it was like, all you got is some resistant bands, you know, your body weight and, you know, maybe a set of dumbbells, or barbell if you're really lucky. Um I had the, the Reebok step which was adjustable into a bench that that held up for the whole lockdown. and That, that went up, that shot up to like 250 pounds, you know. It's that's absolutely
0: the price of equipment over lockdown
2: was fucking ridiculous.
1: God. And uh, people are stuck with the equipment now that they've overpaid for, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, you wouldn't but. get that money back now, that's for sure. I I bought like a barbell and some plates and things like that during the second one, but during the first one I actually had somewhere to train, so I, I couldn't complain. I, it wasn't like a lot of equipment, but I had certainly had somewhere I could uh could use. But I done a lot of barbell based training, and the same as you, him, like I started um I actually started a, a competition prep during the lockdown, which was a fucking stupid idea. But still, some some great training days back then, because you could literally just live like a bodybuilder. It's like everything revolves around training that day, and that's it. Yeah. Just focusing
0: on that, wasn't it? That's the idea. yeah. There's no else to focus on. It's focused on work. I was like still working. Like most of the time over lockdown, and they only got arrested like three times because they kept the gym open. And I remember it was like uh, it was the second one. So it was in like December. And um we had the lights turned off in the gym and it was like six in the morning, it was totally dark. I was going round with like the torch and you know, our phones, looking at the uh, machines, like what weight to put it on and everything trading clients. It was fucking insane.
1: Did you see all the stuff in Liverpool when um was it Nathan D'Asher left his gym open? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he put a leg in it. They were like <laughs> Because the police would come and close it down, right? And then he would open up the back and be like, "Fucking everyone, run!" And people run running, all sorts of stuff. Fucking mental, man. Yeah, the uh, the police. Just train, the car, just a they? fucking train. <laughs> <laughs> that like, there's people fucking killing, shooting, whatever, right? These guys just getting gym training during lockdown, and there's fucking police chasing after you. Imagine that. <laughs> getting yeah. arrested for
0: doing your job, James. Trail, yeah, literally. Nearly, because there's police coming in on, like the back door and the front door was literally just stood there in the dark in silence with like 10 clients in the gym as well.
2: well so without, they stayed there for, like three hours. Without naming <laughs> it's, them, it's it's quite a established gym in your area as well, isn't it? Yeah, in Manchester is it probably the big the, the,
0: the yeah, one of the biggest gyms in Manchester. Yeah.
1: So when did when did you guys open up physique factory then?
0: It's a good question. December. Okay. No, yeah. December twenty twenty one.
1: Okay, so it's after after lockdown, then.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was uh, when was it? We went to our yeah. We did Integra, like the actual foundations, the first like ever course of Integra. We did that in August, or we signed up in like June. Did the online lectures, and then we um, met up for the like the two day, with two or three day course in uh, in August, and then that December we just set up the
2: factory. Mm-hmm. It's actually your idea, James, wasn't it? It was you that messaged me. Oh yeah. Yeah, I can't remember what that message said, but it was something along the lines of, do you like the colour yellow? Do you want to join my brand? And that was it. And I was like, yeah, I fucking love yellow, yes. (laughs) It was actually orange at the time too. (laughs) But mine used to be blue, so I had to get away from that. That represents a football team I don't like too much
0: oh there you go that's more of a reason but it wasn't going to go green and white because that's just
2: I'm trying to edge it towards that because we went from like orange to like yellow to like the next thing's green and that's that's the way it's headed the hoops. I think the colour
1: scheme that you guys got is good I like it
2: for now till we get to green <laughs> fuck that we've spent so much money on fucking designers and websites and shit like that that like
0: it started on them just leave it there I just don't even say it <laughs> <laughs> Not
1: bad.
2: there's a fraud case but um, yeah yeah. we'll we'll change the subject quickly so um him (laughs) how's how's your career been Where, where did you start like um working did you work at up am i right there
1: yeah i guess before that um obviously i went to uni um i graduated from uni um and i got my first job at this gym called Lifestyle Fitness, which has now turned into, I think, a gym group, um, which was next to Wembley Stadium, so we used to get, like, free tickets to watch the games. There's, a, um, there's
2: one of them in Ireland, and a place called Balmina, where my missus is from. It's like a kind of chain version, so they must, like, still exist as Lifestyle
1: Fitness. still yeah, this? Yeah, they were in Manchester too, but yeah. I, I, I thought they were completely shut down. Um, yeah, it's
2: know. like a 24-7
1: sort of thing, yeah. I don't think ours was, um, but it was busy, man. And, you know, to be honest, what that that gym was, it wasn't a really good time for me there. Like, it gave me a really big insight into like what personal training was because you'd have to pay rent, and I swear personal training is the only job that you before the first job that you get where you lose money immediately before you actually start making money. You know, because you have to pay rent, right? So every month that like, you've got this thing that you have to pay, and you haven't fucking even got any clients yet. Do you know what I mean? So there's a lot of pressure um, to, to build a business in that scenario. And I had no idea what I was doing. I just came out of uni. And I thought, I'm just gonna go into this gym. I'm gonna start training people, I get like killer results. But I didn't know how to sell. I didn't know how to speak to people on the gym floor. I didn't have you know those social skills um, that I have now. And it was a fucking struggle. And you know, I think within the, probably the first two, three months the amount of times that I wanted to just give up and just quit and I was like what the hell I'm going to do <laughs> you know um, was unbelievable and I actually applied for another job which was not necessarily like UP based but it was a personal training uh, place and I actually got turned down for that and I just thought fuck you know I'm absolutely devastated because I thought this would be like a way out Um, and then it was only until later that uh I got an opportunity obviously to work for UP and that's kind of where my career kind of took off from there. Every
2: time, um, every time we get onto a subject somewhere like UP, people are like like, let's not talk about that too much. You're not
1: the guy to sued, are you? Uh no, <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so your talk about a
0: lot of things on this podcast. We can't talk about our graphic designers, we can't talk about <laughs> where we worked.
2: <laughs> to be fair, like the, the recent graphic designers put that out there, they weren't bad. <laughs> they did a good job when they did the job. I had no issues, <laughs> personally. <laughs> but um yeah, so I mean, how did you find the whole UP experience? I I, I like the their kind of model, like kind of similar to M ten sort of thing. They're education based and things like that. So obviously uh, for your career, that's that's a great move, wasn't it? That's like getting signed for Man United. There you go, James.
1: Yeah, man. <laughs> i don't know about man you know I'm, I'm a liverpool fan so <laughs> well,
0: if get guitar then yeah maybe
1: <laughs> but yeah do you know what the up experience was at the time it was absolutely incredible um you know if i look back in hindsight i would not be where i am today if i didn't have that opportunity to be there and i think everybody who has been through that experience will probably say the same um I think you know what I learned from that position, and just being able to do the job that I always wanted to do, which was just to coach people, and not have to worry about selling. You know, not having to worry about marketing, just doing your job. Right? That those places like that, they're they're incredible to to, uh, I guess, an up and coming uh, personal trainer to to learn your craft, uh, and over that those years that I was there. You know, I learned it so much. I did so many hours of PT when I was there. I was doing, at one point, I, I remember doing about 60 hours a week of PT. And oh. that, that was, I knew that that was my limit. You know, that was really my limit. Um, and I probably would not go back to that ever again. But it was an experience and you got, you have to, you know, learn that. Was
0: right? you like getting up at half four in the morning and getting it at like 11 at night?
1: Because I, I moved to Singapore, right, to to work for UP. Um, so I didn't really have any friends didn't have any like family that were over there, so I was working Monday to Sunday every single week. um and I, not that I did loads of work on a Sunday, but you know I would do you know a couple of hours for sure. um, so every day I was probably in the gym for like six a m kind of thing. um i had I had an electric scooter before it was even a thing here, and I fucking I loved it, man. You know, it would take me like ten minutes to get from my house to the gym, and I was just like bomb it down in this electric scooter at like five o'clock in the morning, get into the gym, you know, train my clients. I remember doing like stupid things. Like we did like 14 hours of PT in a day. Um, Crazy stuff. I, I think back now I'm like, I don't even know how we even did that.
2: See, see for uh, someone that's different. never been a PT, that doesn't sound like a lot. They're like, "What? You were in the gym for fourteen hours or something?" But I don't think a lot of people realize the energy that it actually like zaps from you. Like, it's it's not even so much, uh, like you know, standing there putting weights on or whatever. It's more so the 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 mental energy of speaking to people. Like, I I couldn't do fourteen clients in one day. No way. Fuck okay. that. I'd be I'd be brain dead by the end of that. I'm brain it's dead been, anyway.
0: It's been aware as well when you're doing those sets, you're not just randomly just staring at them looking at nothing you're just constantly thinking aren't you like what you're missing what's going wrong here what can you improve what can you progress and then when you like keep
1: thinking like that there's only so long you're gonna get burnt out Mm. I probably didn't know as much back then so it was probably a bit easier I wasn't thinking as much um (laughs) but yeah definitely I think if I was to go back there's no way that I could give the same amount of energy to every single client doing those many hours but it was a learning experience and It gives you an idea to know, okay, this is what hard work is like. This is the top out of your personal capacity. And you find out, right? Um, you find out where you sit on that continuum. How much do you really want to work? How much that you can actually handle. Um, and then everything else feels, you know, kind of easy. Like if I do 30 hours of PT night now on the gym floor, it's like whatever for me. You know, I could do that any day, right? Uh, Because I've been, (laughs) I've experienced sixty. Would you um? um,
2: Would you go back to PT in the gym for?
1: I'm not sure. You know, I I do really love PT. Um, I still think there's, you know, there's a huge market for it. It's it's pretty, like it's a rewarding thing to be able to see people, um, and to help them. Like sometimes when you're doing it online, you know, you want to get a point across, and it just takes that little bit longer right versus when you're doing PT I could just go boom set them up right but then maybe that client doesn't learn as much through that process versus if they're self-discovering and you're guiding them through that discovery process so I I don't know I think just in terms of long term like I want to have a family you know I want to have kids I want to spend time with children as well so it then becomes one of those things where I think it is quite a difficult job to maintain you know and still have a family at the same time. I don't know. Um but yeah. in the gym I I don't really see many, you know, 45, 50 year old personal trainers still doing loads of hours on the gym floor, right?
2: I, I would say if that's an aspiration yours to have a family then definitely online is a way because like you know I'm this is only night a week I'm here at like like bedtimes and I'm on here doing podcast sort of thing. So it's like you know the, you you kind of miss out on a lot but at the same time obviously with PT you're obviously not always busy in the middle of the day so like there's opportunities like i have i've kind of got set times where you know where i'll I'll, I'll be with grace and things like that but like uh yeah i'd say it's it's not the best and if i could turn back the clock now and start everything online having known that it was like this i probably would have but um i I like the one-to-one side of things as well because sometimes you sit here like today sit here and do check-ins and i've not really spoke to anyone until like an hour ago (laughs) not actually physically spoke to anyone was That in person, sort of, yeah, yeah, that's it. well. I mean, I spoke to my message when she came in, but you know what I mean. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, definitely, there's, there's that's pros, and
1: cons. There's pros and cons. I think there's pros and cons, and yeah. I think some people are doing there's a lot of hybrid bundles now, so people do like a little bit of PT, maybe they can do afford to do a lot less hours and then do you know um a chunk of online as well i think maybe that that could be a best of both worlds yeah um then you're not kind of throwing all your eggs into you know one basket as such i think Uh, the
2: hybrid model i've actually done it i've got quite a few clients in a hybrid model and uh, i think it works very well actually um because you are getting again covering that stuff in person and as you say you can cover it a hell of a lot quicker and then they go away and apply it themselves so i think it is for a lot of people it's good model but it depends on the client like if you've got a client that's brand new training then you know taking them in the gym is going to be the easiest way to get them started
1: yeah and sometimes online it allows you to coach maybe some people that would potentially never be getting any coaching right so yeah. you might have um let's say if your model is to coach some uh personal trainers yeah. right you're not going to be personal training, like, you know, training them in the gym. They know how to train. They just want a little bit of additional accountability, additional support program design, those kind of things. Um, And they may potentially be people that you would never be able to coach unless you did online coaching. And I think really the model is perfect for them. And, but a lot of, I guess now it's a lot of beginners who've never stepped foot in the gym. They do a lot of online coaching. And I think if we go back 10 years ago, when I first started doing personal training, that that model just didn't work for those people, um, and now it's kind of been adapted a little bit better to that. But, um, I would still say, you know, a good personal trainer would still be um better in that scenario.
0: Yeah, yeah you experience of doing in the gym, don't you? If you're coaching like a total beginner and they don't have a clue how to perform the movements, even though you might have like a massive exercise library um we ask them to like send videos over but they just look nothing like what they should and they just it's so hard to get it across to a beginner
1: yeah and it it, again again i guess the context is depends on what that person wants if they just want to lose a little bit of stomach fat that's probably cool but if they really do have some massive physique aspirations i think that then becomes very very different different right
2: yeah something we talked about um is getting like client meetups and things like that as well where we can cover a lot of ground and like basically like kind of you know take them through what we need to take them through so that's something we're definitely looking to do um especially for the online side of things obviously but uh yeah i mean it's it's it depends again like largely on the client what's going to be best for them um i had something to bring up there and i forgot all about it
1: <laughs> location as well right because then i've got a lot of clients that are in asia as well right um so it becomes it's quite difficult to do that so you might do a client meetup which is in the uk but it's like unless i fly out there and do a massive client meet up in asia you know and then even if i did that not everybody is in like hong kong or in singapore they may be scattered you know some people in malaysia whatever and it's not like that convenient to meet up so you know you, you've got limitations there as well depends
2: uh, it's... how dedicated they are to you <laughs> Yeah, one of those things like um like a cult like kind of behavior it's like well him says go here we'll go here him says drink this magic juice we'll drink the magic juice <laughs>
1: That's how you yeah. make money.
2: <laughs> but um so let's i like, kind of skip forward a little bit so you you obviously get some amazing results like i've seen your results all over your page um talk to us a bit about that what what um what are the challenges you face with, with your clients
1: and how do you overcome them very broad question. <laughs> I think you know the challenges are no different to any, anybody else's challenges with their clients, right? Um, you know, most people have whether you're intermediate, whether you're a beginner, whether you're advanced, most people have very similar like lifestyle um, difficulties. And a lot of it comes down to, you know, your social occasions. Um and I think really how how to kind of overcome that is, you know, just having massive communication with your clients. Um, I think a big part of, you know, coaching isn't really necessary all down to the knowledge that you're giving that individual, but more so the lifestyle tools to handle that knowledge and how to apply it. And I think that's been the biggest changes to my coaching, which has allowed me to get exceptional results.
2: Um, how, um, how does your model work? Because a lot of people, like I don't know about you guys, but I've jumped on a few calls with people who are potentially looking at coaching. And they're like, so do you like come on Zoom and do the workouts with me? I'm like, no, that's that's not what this is. So um <clears throat> what what what's your kind of model look like? Do you do like kind of loom feedback sort of thing? I mean, how how does it all work?
1: Yeah, so I do a, a mixture of different things. It just really <laughs> it really depends on what that client needs in that scenario. So most of the time yeah i'll do like a loom for feedback but then outside of that you know during the week i'm still talking to them you know i may that may be whatsapp support um we may be sending over you know some um, very nice what uh, voice notes to each other <laughs> there may be you know some memes involved <laughs> some pictures you know screenshots of videos um you know explanations There, it's I guess you could say, yeah, the, the feedback generally is done f- like once a week. the the main feedback is done via uh, Loom, but ultimately, all you're trying to do in those feedback is trying to get information across to that client. So, however, w- or whatever way that that client can take in the information, the best that is the best way to give it to them. Right. You could do Loom all day, and you know you could give you know the best you know I don't know video on Loom to them, but maybe they're really busy and they can't be fucking to watch it, then they're never going to see your check-in feedback, right? So that in that instance, maybe just ask them, say, hey, is it better for me to just send you a WhatsApp voice note? And yeah, as long as you're getting the information across, as long as you're providing value, you know, that, that's the main thing, right? But yeah, so-
2: we operate a, quite a similar kind of model, really, to that. Like, a few of the check-ins I've done today, I'm, I was, like, in on them and I was like, you know, there's not too much to talk about because I've been talking to you that much anyway. But mm-hmm. there's not really anything to like it makes your life easier. If if the communication is kept up in between check-ins, check-ins become easy.
1: Yeah. Sorry, Sorry Karen
2: what we've got um in our form like pretty much what you just said at
0: the end of it we've got like an option say if you want a loom or if you want like whatsapp feedback with with a voice note or like that so whatever the client prefers because like literally like you said they can't be asked like sitting down watching a loom for that long so it depends on who that client is doesn't it
1: yeah that's it right um each each person is very different if you get somebody who's really into like watching loom and they see the value of it then yeah maybe um do that but you know i think really is it's how you you give that information to them like the information is the most important
0: yeah Uh, so difficult clients for example if you get someone who the communication isn't there and you don't know they're doing what they should be doing or they are tracking what they should be tracking how do you go about that
1: this is this is tricky, man. I think there's no I don't really have a one way to go about it. Um I'll try fucking loads of different shit just to to see if I can, you know, get them um to do what I need them to do. Like I'll I'll poke them, you know, I'll fucking, you know, message them on WhatsApp constantly to see, you know, what's kind of going on. And then if I feel like that's not really working, I might just, you know, sporadically call them, you know. Um, yeah. a crazy thing, right? <laughs> to do in the modern era to actually ring someone up. But Um, Yeah, I might actually ring them or um, see, you know, how I can actually help them. You know, communication is key or I might even meet them up, go for a walk, you know, things like that if they're local and just to talk. Um, And sometimes, you know, they're just in their head a little bit. They might try to avoid check-ins because I always see it as and one of my clients. We spoke about this before. The check-ins are a bit like, um, you know, you know, when people go to church and they go into those booths where it's like the sin. Yeah, you have to. yeah, you've got to confess all your all your sins, right? And people don't want to be there, right? Because they have to own up and take ownership of everything. And that can be really scary. But then, it, you know, if you just speak to them on the phone, it, maybe it's less scary. Um, and just trying to find ways to that help them to get to where they need or where you kind of want them to be or where they want to eventually be. Um, I guess... Your the job as a coach. You, you can't be, you, you you know. You want to have systems to make things scalable, right? But I personally feel like at the same time, like my goal is to get results. So however way that I can do that, um I'm gonna you know try my best to to do it. You know, I might think of something out of the blue and be like, I want to do this to this guy. See, <laughs> we'll so see what happens. You know. Yeah.
2: Um... We actually take all our clients' addresses when they first sign up, and if they're not doing mm-hmm. check ins, we just go around the door. Just you know, I actually <laughs>
1: do, I do take my clients' addresses as well,
2: um, <laughs> not, not for that reason. <laughs> I, I, I was kidding, like, but um, well, maybe not depends, you know, someone doesn't check in. Imagine anything. that though,
1: imagine if you turn up to see see what like,
2: oh, me, me and James both in our vests, like,
0: yeah, what the fuck are, are you up to? have heard from me.
2: Let us see your cupboards, what
1: food you got in there. <laughs> Yeah, but well, I think well, yeah, it's it. I guess that comes down to just going above and beyond, right? To to try to help get the result for your client. Uh, uh, yeah, things.
2: that that really is above and beyond.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, be yeah, I, mean,
2: I mean, what other coaches are going around to clients' doors. So I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, break, <them> in.
1: <laughs> smash. That'll those be coaches. that'll be scary. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that guy um there was there's a video that was out ages ago and um there's one guy who was eating like a burger or something in i don't know some american place and there's a there's a guy he's like massive he just runs through and he's like what are you doing
2: oh that's him <laughs> um, that's arms Corleone.
1: <laughs> is it i don't yeah, know
2: he, that's um, what he calls himself um he's from London. that guy the guy i'm thinking about quite a big guy
1: I don't. I, no, I know the guy you're talking about. No, I don't think it was him that was doing the video. He did, um, does loads of uh, videos like that, doesn't he? Yeah. It's,
0: um, it was that. Uh, what's, it was that blessing. I think he did it.
1: I think he did a version of it, but yeah. the original one was not from him. But well, it was and serious. I, but I. I don't think it was serious. But it was. It's that? Yeah. It's yeah. quite funny. I. Thought, I think he actually kicked it out of his hand. It's <laughs> just gone flying. Yeah, it's, I was kicked to it. <laughs>
2: Whatever yeah. gets results at the end of the day, I mean, the client's paying for a result, so I mean, whatever gets them that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Did you ever watch um? The, I think Ian Wright did one where he was trying to help um kids, uh, overweight children or something like that, and um, it was kind of like, uh, you know those the, that that type of video, like uh Super Size Me, that kind of style, right? Oh, yeah. And um, there was one kid where they were trying to get him to lose weight and um, they he was he wasn't really losing weight so they just got like spy cams and they just followed him around and he was going into like corner shops and buying pringles and whatnot and they had that on film right and then they kind of approached him i think it was Ian right approached him and said look man what like what are you doing like you're not you're not really sticking to the the nutrition plan and whatnot and he was like no nah, man not like i i did and they're like and they showed him the video and then, do you know what he said? He goes, nah, that, that's, not <laughs> imagine, <laughs> like, nah that's not me. Imagine, that's not me. Imagine you like,
2: could actually see what your clients are doing, though. Like, how many of them lie to us? Like, we, we, we know people lie. Like, but imagine actually seeing the truth of it. I'd love to just see, like, some sort of yeah. camp for the day. Like, what are they actually doing in the day? Like, it'd be I interesting.
0: I had a one-to-one client and um she literally lost no weight when she worked with me she worked for me like a year and she was a nice person she still comes to the sessions she made progress in the gym but like the overall goal was to lose weight which she didn't but she just really enjoyed coming to the gym and like we made a connection all that sort of stuff and uh it was good training. I look forward to the sessions, but I just knew she was lying to me. I was like, Oh, I'm sticking to my diet. It's uh it's just me, it's just my body, I just can't lose weight. And I was like, All Right, I'll let you, i let you have that one. And I was like, oh, I, I, I promise I'm just sticking to the diet, I just don't know why I'm not losing weight. And then one of the PTs that he, he went over to the shop and they saw her in there like big pizzas and a big cream cake on top of it, though, at the checkout. And I was like,
1: it's not exactly what I, right. I think I might have locked my missus out of the door. <laughs> <laughs>
2: The, the, the shop's not exactly far away from your gym though, is it James? It's like it's not as if like, see if I was your client, I wouldn't be shopping across the road from the gym. Yeah, exactly. Cause you just I, gotta I left the the I left the gym one night and it's a small town I say, like, you know, the size of what sort of thing. Maybe slightly bigger to be it, be fair, but like um and I, I was like driving up the street from the gym and I seen one of my clients' cars right outside like a uh, like a takeaway shop, like an Indian takeaway shop, and it's just like and then they do the check, and I'm like, Yeah, nutrition, ten out of ten absolutely smashed
0: you should have pulled over and like what the fuck's this it's like, literally <laughs> like a video that I was on about you should have like, done
2: that nah nah just go to his door later that night <laughs> balaclava <laughs> on and everything you're
0: going to say a physique factory <laughs> <laughs> yeah at
2: least it's branded keep everything on brand physique factory baseball bat as well yeah that, yeah, really
0: brand everything. yeah they won't even notice <laughs> us
1: <laughs> that was super random somebody just like rang the and was like have you found any Airpods? I was chucked into your yeah. house. <laughs> I was like, no, man. I don't know. Unless That's... someone put the Airpods in my bag. So Is not
2: Airpods in the background of your camera? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, so where are you, Hemmer? Are you in London? Yeah. I am. Um, so I live quite close to, uh, you know, the big Westfields in London. So I've just bought a place there. I have no idea. i know the Westfields. fields yeah i know um
2: i know from city airport to third space to brick lane that's what
1: i know in london so if we think brick brick lane right i'm like maybe on the central line or maybe i don't know 10 15 stops away it takes me about half an hour to get into brick lane it's not bad bad, yeah it's not bad (laughs) took me like a day to get home from there yeah i can't imagine that you guys are dedicated man you literally like it's almost like flying overseas
2: <laughs> yeah some, some, some would call us dedicated we get a lot of that to be fair <laughs> i i got my flight cancelled home on sunday night so it was like it took me till monday morning to get home from that it was fucking why did why did it get cancelled um it was still in nice apparently the plane so yeah i don't know they obviously needed it in nice more than they needed it in london
0: they compensate you for that. from like. Well, I've, from- I've
2: just claimed for it because like I, I got a taxi from, I got an Uber from London City to Heathrow because that's where the next flight was from the next morning. And I had to pay for a hotel as well. And I got one of those Hilton hotels um next to Heathrow. And I checked in. The woman's like, here's your welcome cookie. I'm like, will you fuck off? Do you know how hungry I am? It's been a long ass fucking day. The last thing I need is you putting a chocolate cookie in my fucking face. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't know you're on prep, right? No, but she should have known. She should have been following my socials.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm um, going to Oklahoma right to do uh, Mastery in July so I'm like I, I haven't travelled abroad since 2019 I think we will be even before that um, wow, that would
2: be cool I'm,
1: I'm like oh shit <laughs> it's a big investment <laughs> that. what's that? it's a big investment that we're, we're going to call you dedicated now <laughs> yeah it's, it's definitely to be fair the first time I did RTS I actually flew from Singapore to do it fair Um. Reason. yeah so I did it like three times because uh, it was like consecutive months, so I flew back and forth from Singapore to to do R T S initially.
2: Yeah, that was with Michael. Like, yeah,
1: yeah, that was. It was that um, that urban fitness when we did it? So yeah, it was. It was a good experience, to be so, fair. So
2: th- is this your first time doing it with Tom next month?
1: Yeah, that's the first time. I, yeah. I've never met
2: Tom, Um that, so that'd be cool. That's something was, we were yeah, looking at, wasn't it? It's weird with that, because we've watched other videos.
0: It feels like we already know Tom, even though we've never met him.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, obviously, I think it's quite scary. You know, when people are really, really smart.
2: Yeah.
1: I think he's actually, it's quite intimidating, right? Um. So, I, I don't know. Um, I feel like see.
2: he already doesn't like me, you know that?
1: Yeah, and he's probably never met you, never seen your profile or anything like that. <laughs> but yeah. he fucking
2: hates me. Yeah, <laughs> nah, Like I was <laughs> speaking to Michael about it and he like basically he's like, I kind of said, like, do you think, you know, after doing this, like you're ready to go out there sort of thing. And he's like, well, you know, the more, you know, going out there, the more you'll get out of it sort of thing. So I don't think it, I don't think anyone's expecting a lot of you when you're out there and sort of thing. But like, again, the more, the more, you know, the more you're going to get out of it. So I'm sure you'll be in a fine position him.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed. We'll, we'll see.
2: <laughs> Where are you flying to? Because it's quite difficult to fly there, isn't it? There's no direct flights.
1: I think, yeah, there's no direct. So I think I'm actually going to Houston first, and then, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think yeah, Houston, <laughs> and then you, from Houston, is um there's another flight ticket to, uh, Oklahoma City. Pray for him. Pray for him. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't know. I don't know what to expect i feel like um i'm probably going to be like the only chinese person in like the whole of agglomeracy <laughs> and i'm gonna go there, like, what the fuck is that <laughs> you know, <kind> of thing. <laughs> it's not even the course you're nervous
2: about it's like the potential uh, racial implications you've <laughs> seen a chinese
1: person in life in it <laughs> what if you've seen a scottish person <laughs> Maybe they wouldn't understand it. it would yeah. like, <laughs> and he just was
2: like, "What the fuck's that coming out of your mouth? Why is he so pale?" <laughs> I, I've, I've been tan up this afternoon for a good twenty minutes, so I should be pretty brown by now. Well, <laughs> yeah, a nice red yeah. so glow to you. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. But um, yeah, let's get back to some valuable content. What were we talking about?
1: We're talking about the the well, chocolate. That's yeah, yeah, that's about. what I
2: meant to ask you. What's what's your favorite chocolate bar? What's your favorite biscuit or chocolate bar or things that you shouldn't eat but you do?
1: I'm not sure in terms of chocolate. You know what? I'm really not sure. Um I, had, do like a a a a I do like orange chocolate. I do like orange chocolate. Um, I think that's quite nice. But I think as as I've got older, my the level of sugar that I can handle is is a little bit less, like the sweetness. You know, so a darker chocolate is a little bit nicer for me now, versus, versus when I was younger, I wouldn't like, I'd be like, no, oh, dark chocolate, so, um, you know?
2: Muscle atrophy and like lack of glycogen stores, young
1: yeah, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I do like I do like a white Twix, you know, you were saying that you didn't. Oh, that's, didn't the, did. that's the one. You I like mean, it? We're okay. saying this the other day to
0: him. It was like, there's either white Twix or white lion bar. Okay, that, I'm not,
1: do you know, I've not had a white lion bar, but I think, you know, the white Twix is definitely up there
0: yeah they are good
2: I can't believe we gave you a week to think about that question and uh, you came up with chocolate orange I mean I'm, I'm quite disappointed in myself
1: you don't like chocolate orange is chocolate
2: oh, orange a British thing I feel yeah, like no,
0: it's not bad I really like chocolate orange
1: I feel yeah. like it is it's a British thing right mm, I don't, I don't think they have it well, elsewhere
0: when you're in Oklahoma try and buy one and find out
1: I'm scared <laughs> you know with um, in case shit like that has like walnuts or something like that and I get some sort of allergy and then I'm in hospital again <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i'm actually really like i'm I'm quite nervous around trying new foods now um just because i had that reaction last year or two years ago when i was on prep and um yeah it was pretty why were you eating walnuts on prep i don't know it was actually peak week and um <laughs> people yeah, get was... weird in
2: peak week here you're just yeah. like fuck it i'll have some mm-hmm. walnuts
0: it's happened to uh jack eagles last year he had the, kind of like shock when he was in um, Denmark. He ended up in hospital over there, and that was li- literally peak week. He was getting on stage in two days, and then that happened, and he doesn't have a clue why or
1: what caused it. Yeah, mine was definitely worn out. So, like, I had a immediate. Like, I was hospital, like almost dead, kind of shit. You can um, you can definitely develop an allergy.
2: Like, that's not that uncommon, mm-hmm. is it? It must. i must have never had
1: a worn out in my life, and
2: I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's I, probably a good reason for that. there's not exactly the most exciting thing in
1: the world. <laughs> I think they're they're in carrot cake, right? But I don't know. I haven't had a carrot cake. What's your favorite <laughs> cake? Favorite cake. Do you know what? I'm a very I'm a very vanilla person, so I really like just a plain Victoria sponge cake. Um mm. yeah, that is Mr. Kipling made they, they, they kill it off.
2: It's not really um a, a cake as such, but I do like a millionaire slice, you know, that that's a bit of me.
1: I thought you were going to say Jaffa cake then. It was all like, oh, this is controversial now.
2: Well, see, this is the thing. I don't like chocolate orange, but I do like a Jaffa cake. Mm. When we um when we were on RTS at the weekend, there um Joued came through with a a box of Jaffa cakes, and they were kind of staring me right in the face. Actually, it wasn't wasn't very fair.
1: He's <laughs> um, a
2: good guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, apart from the fact he was supporting City on Saturday night, that kind of put him down a little bit.
1: Is he supporter?
2: No, he's a Wolves supporter, but um, he was a oh. City supporter on Saturday night, so I don't know. I doesn't make
0: sense. Why would you want them to win the treble when you literally every other fan except for the City fan wanted um, Inter to win?
2: Next week on the Physique Factory podcast, we'll have Jurid on to explain himself. <laughs> <laughs> he just kept, uh, he kept saying, Come on, City. Come on, City. <laughs> 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 <gonna get> <laughs> that's all I could hear in my ear um, guys I'm actually going to have to go I have another call so I'm going to have to cut this one Please short um, I don't know if I can leave this recording and leave you to or I'll let you guys maybe just leave can I? No, we'll, uh,
0: we'll just wrap it up here if you want to do that
2: it's- yeah yeah, cool cool. we'll wrap it up but I feel like we never got a lot out of you today him we may have been to have him part 2 I think we just took a lot of shit yeah, that's, <laughs> what, that's what we do. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> um, do that. So what, will you go to Oklahoma next month? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think about that. Yeah, exactly around a month. So I'll leave on the thirteenth or the fourteenth of July. Yeah,
2: but let's get you on back on after that because more out uh, of my own interest, I just want to know how it went.
1: Yeah, I'll let you know. Yeah, I'll take some. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> you survive it and there's no walnuts. Yeah, I'll be like. Um, I will do a podcast out of prison somewhere. In- <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I not make it back, guys.
2: <laughs> and now joining us on live satellite from Oklahoma City Prison. I don't know why I went to prison, but. <laughs> right, guys, we'll wrap it up with that. James, Um, you usually wrap it up, don't you? I think you do. Don't? Yeah, I did the opening. You did the All right, too. Sorry. And, um, guys, thanks for listening uh, to another episode of Physique Factory Podcast.